0: Hey guys, Andy T, and uh, we're back with another episode of Recovery Friends Podcast, um, and it is 11.30pm, just got done recording the episode uh, maybe 20, 30 minutes ago, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm feeling really, really grateful for uh, the opportunity or like the fact that I'm actually like able to have these conversations and people are willing to let me record them um and upload them to the internet and um and also grateful that, that that you know the feedback some feedback that we've gotten from people um is that you know these episodes help people sometimes you know and i've always said that if One person, if this, if this whole thing, if we record a thousand episodes and one person um, hears it and it helps him get sober and change his life, then it's worth it. Um, So, yeah, we'll keep doing them. Um, Tonight's episode is with Chaz and, uh, man, he, he, he did amazing. And, you know, if you know Chaz, you know he's got a slick tongue he's a good talker uh, but there's also like an earnestness about him and um, a real likability about him that uh, I hope comes through uh, through the audio Um, and I'm sure it will I'm sure you guys are gonna love him Um, so I'll just um, I'll stop talking and oh well first I'll say that everything said here is the opinion of the speaker and, or, and me, because I, I say some things also, and that, that none of it reflects any 12-step program mentioned in here or any 12-step program at all. It's uh, just the experience of the speaker, and they're sharing it in hopes that somebody out there who's um, you know, struggling with addiction or alcoholism uh, can maybe hear this and get inspired. Uh, that's the sole goal of this. Uh, so anyways, without further ado, I give you Chaz.
1: Your whole story lined out, and then three minutes of clearing your mind, you come back, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you remember well to take your shoes off. Yeah, dude, take them off. I think better with my okay, feet. Okay, you already took them off. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All right, a little closer? A little closer? Yeah, all
1: right. All right let me. let me...
0: Yeah, no, I always... Um I'm not one of those people that believes that you should just go in, bl- like, blind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you know, it's like, just go and open your mouth. Yeah, dude, give it to God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't believe in that. I've done that before. It didn't work well. Let me see. My my audio's coming up a little bit louder than yours, so I'm just going to turn you up a little bit. Check, check, check. All right, much better. It sounds good? Oh, yeah. We're oh, recording, yeah. by the way. Oh, shit. And that phone might ring a few times. That's fair. It's funny, because a I had a, a guest here... A while ago and we didn't end up using the audio because it kind of messed up but like we were like ignore the phone call and uh because we had both turned our phones off yeah and it was like his wife calling about like his his kid <laughs> i'm
1: just gonna push that away i'm gonna put it on do not disturb oh yeah i got do not disturb yeah
0: but no i'm not a believer in like necessarily going in blind i feel like you got to think about what you're going to talk about a little bit
1: i mean you know how it is you develop your story as time goes so it's easier to go in now but i was like maybe a year sober and heading it down and went in blank yeah ruined it
0: no for sure and i Awful. think like the more sober you are the, like the easier you are to like dig deep and just tell your story yeah because you've told it before uh, but like i always have to like rehearse it or not rehearse it. That, that, that sounds kind of... No, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit like, rehearsal. You know what I mean? But it's like, and it's just think that that's how my mind works. So it's like if I go, if I have to speak somewhere <clears throat> beforehand, I have to like kind of like hit some points in my head and kind of yeah. like maybe, almost like, like uh, access those files in my brain before I go in. That way I can like... And then I wing it.
1: Well, they're pretty organized. So yeah. it's like if this topic comes up, Mm-hmm. I can open this file and start spieling on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like you stay sober long enough you have an answer for just about any question yeah. that they throw at you. It's
1: mostly bullshit, but I've said <laughs> it enough.
0: But but it's the questions like when they ask you about amends is like the ones that are like scary. Oh dude. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why, like amends mm-hmm.
1: questions, like kind of terrify me, and I don't know. I if know you hit them every time, though. <laughs> Andy, uh, can you tell us about a hard amends you've ever made? I'm like, oh shit, oh my good Oh yeah, <laughs> but I love it because nobody's asking questions. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just have like standard <clears throat> questions that I'll ask. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Mm.
1: How do you define spirituality at this point in your sobriety? What? <laughs> yeah. How do you define? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask that. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. So um, I don't know. I guess we already started this, um, but yeah, I don't know how we really started like connecting. It's I think I feel like it's been a slow process with me. And you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Probably men's meeting. Yeah, you're friends with Kyle, and then I got yeah. in with Matt, and then you and then know now
0: we're starting the like
1: Yeah, we're boys. Yeah, for sure. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I was just
1: I was just thinking like, oh yeah, we're becoming actual friends. I love it. Yeah, man. I yeah. wanted to be your friend since the beginning though. Uh huh. <laughs> Because I remember we were at Mul- Mulholland and you were always outside just cracking jokes and being funny. I was like, this dude seems cool.
0: Mm, thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a compliment because really not- in sobriety, <laughs> I couldn't pick him out to save my life, but you know what I mean? No,
0: I think there's like, yeah, I mean, I'm at my home group and I'm comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like
1: that all the time, though. I wish I was. I'm like that all the time.
0: You are. And that's one of the things I think that like for with with you that I was always like, man, like I want to I, like, I be friends with this guy. But like, he's like, you're so sharp, you know, you better stop, bro. <laughs> you better stop. I know. I'm like, like buttering you up, but no, like you're sharp, but mm. like, you're quick witted And it's like, man, but sometimes I'm like, I want to know if
1: I can keep up. I don't, I don't like you pointing that out. Cause that's all I got.
0: Oh. You know <laughs> what I mean?
1: Once you figure that out, you're like, oh no, shit, no, all got is quick that wit. isn't all you got. There's honestly, like, I feel like there's something deeper to you. Thank you. I man. wouldn't ask
0: you to do this. I didn't think so.
1: I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did. I told you I wanted to get on this plane as, as soon as I heard you had done it. I think uh-huh. I texted you the night that we talked about it, and I was like, "Yo, what is it?" Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then three months later, you're like, "Hey, did you text me?" Because I never responded to. You. I was uh, like, yeah, "Oh, I yeah. thought you were just ducking me."
0: That uh, <laughs> <laughs> might have been. That might have been it. I was like, "Oh shit, he wants to do the podcast." I don't oh, know if I'm God, ready to ask him. I'll, I'll, I'll and you, you know, you get that text, and you're like, "I'll answer it later" because I don't want to think about the. The
1: lie. Yeah, right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. T- I don't want to turn him down. I you feel bad. I need time to fabricate the lie. And then you never. <laughs> <laughs> and then you never reply. Maybe you forgot. <laughs> nope. Well, yeah, I eventually forgot to lie. No, I'm talking about me. I forgot <laughs> so to lie. Maybe he forgot he texted me. Uh-uh. I never.
0: Or like you ever hit him with like, oh man, I I I thought I sent this. I typed it up. But I that try, is an actual thing that happens.
1: I try not to now. No, it's it's. <laughs> it, it, I will te- like set it up and be like you know what, i'm gonna come back to this in a minute so you're right you're yeah. right you know what i mean let me let me think of something even more clever yeah and i then, dude, texting
0: gives me so much anxiety
1: I, I like talking on the phone i'm a talker dude I, most people aren't these days Bruh, it's so
0: annoying you like like i know we're going off on a tangent already but like <laughs> <laughs> like with dating i wish women were more open than like having a phone conversation
1: I I when I was in that yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't land the the bumble or, or whatever it was I was using that first line it'd yeah. always be something stupid I remember my profile was dope
0: yeah but like <laughs> like it's
1: know. probably like a funny line oh dude it was like it was yeah. like secretly two dogs in an overcoat yeah and I'm just here for the catfish and everybody was like oh my god <laughs> you're so funny and I was like hey, uh, hey. hi uh, dude honestly hi works. That's it. See, I, 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 almost wish I'd have known that, but now I'm engaged. So you know. I feel
0: like high is is like is just a solid opener, I and mean, then you never would think that. Like I'm always like, look at her profile, look at the pictures, comment on something, be specific. Yeah. Which I think that that's a good strategy. The opener. Yeah. But yep. high, they're like, this guy's
1: mysterious.
0: Like. <laughs> but high's fucking works. which is crazy so who like somebody was like you just hit
1: him with that you know i'm a business owner right yeah uh. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think that'll work It's like maybe (laughs) all
0: right so um anyway so you're here to tell your story and uh i see what i I didn't start the timer so we're gonna assume we're like i don't know five minutes in it works yeah and uh so just um yeah i mean you've heard the podcast thank you for coming in and actually thank you for listening to the podcast before you to be in. here all right yeah i'm honored to have you bro um uh, and uh yeah let's let's uh let's start it off tell me tell me what uh got you to have to walk into the doors of a
1: 12-step meeting i, I love telling the beginning of my story uh so like AA is all walks of life. Like from the beginning, everybody's got different, different pasts, different upbringings, and stuff like that. I was blessed, and that both my parents are in the medical field, so I was like silver spoon my entire life. I I grew up in a, a small town outside of Kenner, on the other side of Lake Pontchartrain, okay. and it, yeah, Laplace, and it was like a, a plant town. So everybody had stable income, but like I was the rich kid. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't like that persona. I don't even remember if I got made fun of for it. I just felt different. Yeah, because of it. it's weird. Isn't that weird
0: though? Like, like I it's mean, so weird. It's,
1: that's like some first world shit, though. For real, dude. Like, right? I like, feel different because I yeah, I'm I have too, so, i have too much. I never yeah. want for anything, and these kids, you know what I mean. They have to wait for their birthdays to get presents and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm just like, I want that. You got it. Yeah, like uh. it's. So I, I remember like not feeling a part of because i had too much and just to like reference like my mom they're both in the medical field but my dad worked and my mom was stay at home because she was just taking care of kids and she was like super mom so she was present in every aspect of my life, which was embarrassing. <laughs> now I look back and see how hard my mom worked to be yeah. super mom, president yeah. of the swim team, president of the PTA. Like, it's oh, like, you mom, know what could I mean? Did you like ignore me a yeah. little bit? Like she organized the Washington, D.C. trip for my eighth grade class for the first time in that school. And they still go to it. Oh, my God. Was oh, it wow. 21 years later? Legacy. Because, yeah. Yeah. But at the same point, I was like, do you need to come on this uh. trip, mom? There's no <laughs> other moms coming. So I remember not feeling a part of it. And I would do stupid things like I would I would fail classes to look stupider, thank you. And uh, and also like I would lie, compulsive lying became like I guess it was the way that I dealt with the fact that I didn't feel a part of. Would you lie about like would you tell people you were poorer than you
0: were? Uh, yes. That's so but, strange. But, but dude, I would lie and say, I mean, me, mine was the opposite. I
1: would say, like, yeah, we have a boat. Yeah. But you can't go on it. <laughs> no. yeah, it's, it's it's broken right now. My dad's fixing it. But He's you, got like six guys working on it all 24 7. You
0: could always tell, like, the poor kid lying about money because, like, we were talking. And I was like, yeah, we got a boat. And then somebody said, yeah, we have a yacht. And then I made fun of him because I thought, like, yachts were like bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a yacht. And then
1: everybody looked at me like, yeah, a yacht's pretty badass. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. We, my boat's way bigger than I thought. I misjudged. But it, it's it's funny that you say that because, like, the lot, li- when I was young, obviously, I'm really bad at lying and manipulation. So I like. Meaning you're good at it? Uh, no, no, no. Like, I was terrible. Oh. I, yo, as, as a young kid, I was awful. Okay. So I'm trying to come off as, like, not as, I guess, intelligent or well off as I am because mm-hmm. I want people to, like, accept me as part of the group, not necessarily, like, you know, ostracize me or even like praise me or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it was, but I remember like, I'm telling people that, you know, um, you don't, know, you know, don't buy me presents and stuff like that. This is just a low key birthday party. My seven, seven year old birthday party. Like, you know, I, it's not going to be a big thing. It's not going to be, but, um, uh, we, we don't have the money to do anything extravagant, but I'm going to have an elephant there. <laughs> so y'all should definitely come for the elephant. I don't know how much food's going to be there. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But uh, like this was like maybe a month out, and then like a couple days before, obviously there's no elephant. <laughs> so rather than like, have the party dude, that would have been so
0: sick, though, dude. Right? But <laughs> like, okay, and
1: that's that's. So rather than have the party with no elephant, I told everybody that the elephant died, so my party's canceled. <laughs> so like, at seven years old, I canceled my, my birthday party wow. rather than be found out in the lie. What did you tell your parents? i i do i couldn't even remember i just thought you know what i mean crying like i don't i threw some tantrum i, I don't want to do this y'all just buy me presents instead or you know what i mean whatever mm. dumb bull look at how spoiled rotten yeah and like i had a younger sister we're six years apart and um and she got a lot of the attention so you know i kind of drove the tantrums lies and manipulations to to seek that it's not like they didn't obviously my mom was super mom but yeah. it was still at home she got more attention so you know, but she's she was my best friend. She might
0: have got you the elephant if you yeah, gave her the opportunity. Dude, dude, they she, they <laughs>
1: might have. You know what I mean? And it's it was it was like that. It it was the lies weren't crazy, and mm-hmm. and it, the insanity was rampant from an early age. And I can't explain it, but it made sense in yeah. the moment. And that's when like the lies and the manip- manipulation started. Like I I I didn't know who I was at seven years old, but I knew that like when I lied and people believed me, it made me feel good. Yeah. And that's when, like, this whole train of like, I just developed these like manipulation tactics through trial and error to be able to control people's ideas about me. And I don't know if they were successful or not. They probably weren't. Yeah. But like, I defined myself on my ability to like manipulate people and get them to believe things that I wanted them to believe. Yeah. You know, whether they were true or not, you know, sitting there trying to win an argument over nothing. Yeah. Because I have to come out the victor, you know? And, that was like the first signs of addiction. Yeah, early on, uh, there were other signs. Stuff like I, I, was, I played video games, all the time. I, even with food, like I, there were like months where I would eat nothing but chocolate Teddy Grahams, <laughs> or like frozen pizzas. Yeah, and like that was it. So like I, I kind of fell into this this addictive behavior at a young age, where like if I wasn't getting what I wanted, it wasn't good enough. So I was gonna do whatever I could to get it, which was. Throw a tantrum, whatever, whatever you know. Yeah, sport rotten, rotten. <laughs> rotten. Yeah. So, um but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I failed a lot of classes so that I, I you know, I could go to summer school so I could look like. I, I don't even know, man. I'm trying to put a pin in it in this moment, but like, I just I didn't want to seem as you didn't want to be prosperous yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's the, exactly that's it that's it but it kind of became my persona because yeah. through high school like i failed classes because i stopped caring i didn't yeah. study i didn't do anything but i remember so um i went from Laplace to an all-boy catholic school out here and it was rich kids and i'm talking about like rich kids like, like they had elephants they, at their yeah parties. yeah like no this is like i'm not gonna have an elephant Lions. at my party like y'all can come ride at any time yeah it's in the backyard you know what i, I mean it's with, yeah it's yeah. with the giraffe you know what i mean george is always there bro yeah. and and so i'm from laplace and all these rich kids who have way more money than me and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm on the outside you know for the main reason that I try to avoid, I'm trying to embrace it, and it's not enough. Yeah.
0: Isn't it weird, though? It's like it doesn't really, like, the conditions don't matter. No, not at all. Like, that's not the problem, right? It's me. Yeah. It's 100% <laughs> me.
1: There, there's no satisfaction in it. Yeah. But I, uh, so I start at this all-boys school and uh you know i'm catching shit because i'm from laplace and uh, you know yeah. I, I gotta As go you should hey, okay. hey, right no I, no 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 you're right you're right i'm just kidding anybody from laplace i love you yeah belterra represent except eric uh, i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about i don't want to talk about eric I, I got my resentments against him i love him to death but i told yeah I, but um yeah he saved my life actually yeah so uh so i get to this this school and uh you know i'm catching a bunch of shit and i remembered the first time I'd ever gotten loaded. Uh, the first time I ever got drunk is the first time I ever smoked weed and the first time I had ever taken pain pills. Altogether, all together. Yeah, all and want. in excess. Oh. Well, it was at my friend's house. They live right next door. And I got so trashed that I ended up like naked. Like, this is like nineteen or 1999. Definitely sexually assaulted these girls because I mean, just like just like flailing my thing around in public. No, no physical. Okay. but you know what I mean? It it was it was totally inappropriate as a a 14 year old kid. Yeah. And then I I threw up all over my friend's living room set and ruined it like projectile because I was many, many shots deep. And I think i had eaten a bunch of like uh, pulled pork sandwiches before. (laughs) And, you know, and I I pissed on a couple of my friends because I thought it'd be funny. And I'm naked in the middle of the living room. Wow. and, and <laughs> i remember the next day i was like y'all that was awesome hungover is all hell yeah. D- looking like death and you know i never got invited to another party at that house oh wow so yeah. but, you know dude, uh, of course not yeah dude like and <laughs> nobody it was, it was like, like
0: laughing about it the next day like no because no, <laughs> well because the thing <laughs> well, you're is, like, peeing on people dude i woke, like, I woke up naked covered behavior. in vomit
1: and my own urine and then just walked to my house and like left them to clean up everything uh, and then i came back yeah. like six hours later <laughs> and like the dude and like i said it was it i was well off and i lived in a nice neighborhood and the maid came in the next day and she quit oh. because she's not cleaning up a no. 14-year-old's vomit <laughs> and piss and you know so uh but like i said I, I i remembered that that was like the first time i had had a spiritual experience yeah, it was skewed, yeah. but it was the fact of like self release, the fact that like I was no longer in my own head. I wasn't worried about anything. Obviously, I'm naked, urinating on on friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and thinking it's a good time. So the signs were there, but it took it took another you know twenty years yeah. for me to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Well, my first experience, I mean, it wasn't that extreme, but it was the same. Like I got wasted and was like puking and just like obnoxious and dancing, probably grinding on girls and
1: like you know. Just completely set loose, Dude. you know. <laughs> it was, it, it was, you know. I look back on it, and, and I'm, I'm friends with the girls still yeah. to this day. It took a little while for to get back in their good graces, mm-hmm. you know. I had to promise never to pee on them again, but <laughs> you know, you think it's an easy promise, but then you know, welcome to AA, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. So, but I, I remember I'd had this experience where it was just utter. Mental and spiritual freedom. Yeah, like there, there was no more concern about what people thought or who I should be, and I chased that. And at the same time, I, you know, I'd made some friends in high school, and I found out that a lot of these rich kids wanted me around if I had what they wanted, and that opened this whole new avenue for me. Yeah, um, I found that if if I could procure the things that they wanted, a I can make money, and b I could have some friends, hmm. and then overnight i started getting invited to these parties and you know the parties were insane you know what i mean they've got you know like this is like at the old boy school yeah this is at the old boy school this is 15 years old like i'm getting my mom to drop me off in old metairie from laplace at this party and telling her like you'll come pick me or i'll make it to school on monday don't worry about me yeah you know what i mean and and they were they were nuts like these kids were living Fantasies that I could never imagine coming from LaPlace. And I'm in there as the dude. So, you know, I'm in the center of it all. Yeah. Until I don't have what they want. But luckily, I found out at a young age like, always have enough and then have some more. So it was, it was, it was wonderful at the time but i had developed this whole persona of the drug dealer yeah were you like did you play like you were hard were you were you hard i mean you so coming up i mean it was it was easy for me to fake it because lies and manipulation were who i was so like for you know in in rehab they call me a a social chameleon yeah because i'm I'm able to shift and the manipulation is the core of that the lies that that whole like you know getting people to believe what i wanted them to believe became easier the more i did it yeah because it was you know who i like associate Myself with as that person, and then um, yeah, the the drugs took over. It started out with weed, and then you know, you got your uppers and your hallucinogens, which was most of high school, and then all of a sudden, like it it got real big real quick. Um, So, I'd done that for like two and a half years, and then I remember I was trying to stunt for some popular kids, and (laughs) I ended up getting kicked out of school because I dressed up like a joint for a school Halloween function. Uh It was, it was an awesome costume. Was it like
0: clearly a joint? Could you have pretended it was something no, else? No, like I wrapped saying.
1: myself in a bed sheet. We burned the top. We were, me and my friend were on like a bunch of Xanax and we burned the whole top of it in uh-huh. my car. <laughs> and then I had a red beanie with a bunch of red and I had some green vans on. So Uh-oh. I look like a joint. Yeah. Like there's no, you know what I mean? I'm waddling around. You can like the, pretend like you were something. I can't even think, like, come to mind. Like what I, you could have like told, a, them, you told a, them you were. Like a, like a, a first used tampon. I don't know. Like there's nothing, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? But they, that would have gotten you kicked out too. Though. So. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very, very true. All boys school, nobody would know what that was at the time. But, you know, they, they called me in the office and I uh, they tested me for marijuana and told me a couple days later, like, look, you got to get clean. You came back with the second highest marijuana test that we've ever seen. They keep a record. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's a percentage of whatever yeah. whatever's in your hair because the hair tested. Me being the person that I am was like, I could beat that. Uh, <laughs> I could be number one, you know what I mean? So for the next three months, cause they give you 90 days, I went hard. Like, you know what I mean? Smoking during class, going to the bathroom and puffing a joint mm. and flushing it and walking out. So I came back and I, I, got, I got the highest, test grade uh, the highest hair test they've ever seen and then they kicked me out yeah thank you i appreciate that (laughs) see somebody recognizes it i you know i I wonder if that record still stands no i i got beat by uh by (laughs) one of one of my good friends who failed and went to summer school and they hair tested him and and like i said he was one of the rich kids Uh so even even at my most this dude could get more money from dad than i ever made yeah and i made a decent bid you know but um and and just to show you like how my 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 family is a family of enablers they gave me everything my dad went in and argued with them and was talking about press and charges so they they put me through high school so i graduated in the end of february my senior year i just couldn't go on stage oh, okay because my you know what i mean and but you got a diploma yeah yeah i got a diploma so um you know it once again like all my issues and then i got kicked out in a week after i went skiing with my family so you know like they didn't think there was a problem or i hit it well or whatever and and that was just that was the start so after that i go to college and then then things got really crazy um like i said i I was already a dealer for the persona and uh oh that's
0: too much sorry Uh, keep going
1: check check all right
0: and um, I don't know how the audio I, th- I think I'm always like afraid that like my audio is going to be too low, yours is going to be too high, but it sounds the same to me, yeah, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah.
1: But um, so I get to college and the uh, things get out of control really quick. I started selling opiates and uh, I had developed a habit at this time. Mm. So, uh, you know, pounds of weed and anything I can get my hands on that was over, you know, a couple grand that I could move. So it was a, it it was one of the best times of my life. And it ended in, you know, I, it wasn't my absolute rock bottom, but it ended pretty bad because I kept going up and up and up the chain until I ended up jacking somebody who was way above me that threatened my life and my family's life. Hmm. So I, I skied and I ran back to mom and dad and, you know, dropped out of college for that year because I didn't want to die. This was in New Orleans. This is in Hammond. Okay. So, uh. Yeah, college. College is. I. I can't really talk about college too much because it was a blur. Yeah. Um. I. You know, I ended up finishing somehow years later. Wow. But. Uh, but. By this time, I. I had had a few hundred dollar a day habit, and I had just lost the only means I had to make money, which was dealing, mm. because you know my dealer's dealer dealer threat, threatened to kill me.
0: Yeah, because you fucked up.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah. Big time. Like yeah, I, I got him. I. Yeah, I got him out. Which, of I mean, maybe that saved your life. Um, 100% running or. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, it was it was getting out of hand. And I, I don't know if I'd have made it one way or the other because I, I had no respect for how, like, the process of life worked.
0: You know what I mean? Like even within the drug dealer pure, world, there's pure, rules and did, etiquette
1: three years sober. I'm, I'm still learning how money works. So yeah. I definitely didn't know at 20, 21 years old, how anything was supposed to happen. Yeah. So I, I ran and I had this obscene habit that there was no way I could pay for, you know, what I, mean? I could barely pay for it, you know, moving thousands of dollars a week. You know, I didn't have a job. I didn't yeah. have anything. So things got really destitute real quick. Um, uh, it, it still took another eight, eight, nine years for me to get sober. But, you know, you start stealing, you start breaking into cars, you start doing all these things to just get enough for the day. And uh, that, that went on for a little bit. You know, you get into the relationship with the druggie mm-hmm. and uh, everything seems good and y'all are going to make it. And then uh, I remembered she had an apartment and she got, you know, she left it and then we were hanging out together and we realized that we just hated each other and that was like one of the first realizations in using that i was like you know something's wrong like that that mask could be so complete that when it's pulled away the world's completely different yeah you know and i never gave that any credence or or effort on my part to realize that i am the root of that i just thought i was with the wrong girl yeah you know and then um so you know i i 'm stealing i'm, I'm doing i 'm begging i'm doing everything to get the fix, and then I ended up meeting another girl that I had known from way back in the day who was not one of us, pothead, yeah, but uh, not one of us and uh, i I decided that I was going to marry her and it was going to make my life better and honestly, the relationship did it gave me the validation and the love that I was seeking. Hmm. But also my side chick, or actually probably my first love, was was opiates. Yeah. Always through the whole thing. You know, I I I, I say today that I loved her, but I didn't love her as much as I loved the drugs. And, yeah. you know, it's it still weighs on me because she was a beautiful person and, and I, I ruined that. But I, I get into that. So um her family started a farm while we were together in in independence great experience i i loved it i built my resentments because of it but it was it was a wonderful experience for me but throughout the time that we were together i i'd always had a job and it, it was a solid job so um i but i could barely make rent because i'm spending all my money on on opiates the whole time a farm like uh a- so you yeah, do vegetable i told you that's how i know about produce oh, okay yeah. you know what i mean um it's completely organic i don't know if i could shout them out i want to nah, bring their don't name and I don't even want to bring, yeah i do know i don't. that's just another immense <laughs> coming up but um that's pretty cool but yeah dude it was great man three and a half acres her dad just retired and decided to start a farm and he's you know 72 years old working 12 hours a day seven days a week like i learned a lot about work ethic from him yeah and uh i learned a lot about love and appreciation and hard work from their family so um we're together for four years uh we get engaged and then get married and then, uh, and this whole time, like, are you off and on the opiate? No, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm IV the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. And she doesn't know. She, it. she doesn't. Once again, the lies and manipulation came easy to me. Being wow. two separate people at all times. I mean, you know, I'd get pissy at night sometimes, and she'd wonder why. And it's because I'm detoxing. Wow. But I know that if I smoke a blunt with her, and she goes to bed, she's not getting up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I could pull a couple bucks out, or go make a run to the West Bank if I need to, to to get right to the point where I'd try to put her to bed. And I remember like after work, I, I had such an issue that after work I would always have weed rolled up ready for her. As soon as she walked in the door, it's lit and I'm putting it in between her lips yeah. because if she's high, she's not gonna question me. Yeah, and, and so like she would just pass out every night or not, the nights that you did that and you would sneak out. It was, and it she was never, every night. And she never caught you? No, not wow. once and and you know you're sitting there making that run with the phone on your lap like tonight's the night she's gonna call me i i can feel it yeah never did you know what i mean so it's 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 crazy i she was naive and i played into that um coming from my background of using it's hard for me to see how anyone can be that naive yeah but in sobriety like i understand that the number one thing you don't want to look at is the fact that your significant other might be a drug addict.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I bet, well, I mean, who knows, but like maybe she
1: suspected something.
0: Did she suspected. Like she's 100%. Yeah.
1: But I could dodge the questions. Yeah. I'd been doing it my whole life. Not well, but you know, like I said, if if it gets down to it, I'll throw a tantrum. I will pee on you <laughs> if I need to get away. You know what I mean? Whatever I need yeah. to do to be able to, to get my next. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And that's. That's what it was so um we get married we go on a great honeymoon i end up stealing a bunch of pills and some weed from this friend that we met and uh you know i make it through so we get back we've been married for about a month at this time and uh it comes comes around from the fact that i had stolen a bunch of money from her brother i'd wrote in checks to myself from his account blatantly wow yeah so um and she was like did you that's st- always like
0: such a because you know
1: I've i've, <laughs> I've you know i've I I
0: never did that but like I've had friends that did that and then when you find that out it just feels like such a
1: betrayal and so dirty. It seems like such a dirty thing to do. Oh dude, it's awful. I mean it is a dirty thing. Like yeah. your name is on this check and yeah. you forged my signature and there's no like There's there's nothing there's there's nothing worse than find And and I lived like it was me, my ex-wife and her brother. We lived together for the entire time we were together cuz they were like best friends and then he ended up being my best friend. Damn. Yeah, he he was my best man in the wedding. Wow. So um, she calls me, and I skipped work that day, luckily. And she was like, hey, did you steal this money from Billy? I need to see your bank account information. And i you know, oh, I don't know my password and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And she said, how do you not know your password? Did you steal this money? Because I've got this, this Xerox of a bunch of checks with your name on it that, that he didn't write. Damn man that must have been so hard for her to see dude so i was like i was like yeah i did and she was like all right we'll get you stuff and get out right now because my dad is on his way to the house with a shotgun
0: Mm.
1: and and you know her dad's a very hard man like i said 72 retired 12 hours a day seven days a week in his own farm this dude doesn't fuck around yeah so i i end up getting in my car and i pull out and he corners me in with a shotgun hanging out his driver's side window so um the last time that her and I talked was me on the phone with her driving down I-12 and her dad following me at about 95 miles an hour with a double barrel hanging out his driver's side yelling at me to pull over. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm on the bridge. I shake him because I go, I go towards Laplace and he goes back towards the farm because he's not going to chase me all the way to Laplace. Yeah. At least I hope not, <laughs> but luckily he didn't. And she says that, uh, you know, you have a problem and you need to get help. Or we're done. Yeah. And my only response is like, well, how do I sign over the house and the car to you, and you can keep the dog? There was there was no question of help. Yeah. I never wanted to get sober. I gave her everything. It made it a little easier. We didn't have kids. Yeah. You know, because we were married for you know fifty days. <laughs> yeah. 50 you know, it, was, it was a Kardashian wedding. Lord. You know what I mean? So, but um,
0: but That's yeah, so crazy that like you 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 like. Like, managed it for
1: all those years dating, and then once, like, you married her, it all fell apart. Well, and and I think the thing was, once we got married, the job I was at, uh, we were doing, like, a a prevailing wage at, like, a government job, and then we moved to an off-site job, so my pay was, like, cut in half. And I, I had a new job in the works, but I was just trying to, you know, get enough to make it through that interim and then I was going to pay him back. You know, I'm making air quotes right now. Y'all can't see that. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, I just got really desperate in that time. But as soon as our finances would have gone together or whatever, oh, yeah, it would have, have been, been, it would have been blown up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm making $60,000 a year and my bank account is in the negatives. Yeah. You know, I'm pulling out $120 a day at an ATM and paying the fee. You know, so it it was inevitable. She never even changed her name in 50 days that we were. So she knew, you know what I mean. (laughs) She's not stupid at all. Like, what what would she say? Like, she like I I'm gonna do it, or did y'all even discuss it? No, no, because I didn't have a leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. I was like, you you ever gonna get your your name changed? She was like, uh that's fair, that's fair. Uh, We'll (laughs) we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Uh But um, so then I get back to my parents' house. I'm going through divorce. I, uh, I am like ragingly addicted at this moment. The job that I talked about I had in the works, uh, was, you know, almost six figures working from home and I got it. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me in the moment. The worst thing that could have happened to me in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was destitute and then I get this job working from home as an it manager. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm going I'm going to my dude's house on on uh, you know virtual meetings and stuff talking about how like we're doing well on the project oh hold on one second you know pausing it and then trading money out my window and then getting back you know what I mean hotspotting from my phone and it it just like it it fueled me to be able to get back up to that three hundred dollar a day habit yeah and I did it you know what I mean I'm I'm destitute I'm depressed I'm miserable and the only thing that can suffice is my one true love opiates so this happened you know it it was it was bad it got really really dark i ended up losing the the job for uh for just like negligence on the job you know i I was supposed to be in a meeting and stuff but i was picking up dope yeah so you know they were like look you, you we have to let you go but they gave me a severance package which was fat as shit yeah so that fueled me for another couple months so, I'm jobless. Um, I start stealing again. Keep in mind, I'm living in my parents' house. Um, and I, I want to talk for a second about I have a younger sister, six years younger than me. We were always close growing up. I beat the shit out of her. You know what I mean? But that's how I showed my love and got attention from my parents at the same time. But um, so I got fired. There's a like few months without a job in this in this interim. And uh, my sister sticks her neck out, neck out for me. She's working for an HR department for a, a big business out here. And um, she pushed my paperwork through. Uh, by this time, uh, this is 2017. I had, between the end of 2016 and the and the middle of 2017, I totaled five cars. Uh, yeah. Um, I had gotten two DUIs uh, before, and then I got arrested with possession and intent for heroin. So uh, I had nothing going for me. And this wasn't like stuff that was uh, concealed. Everybody... Everybody, everybody it was, knew it. It was yeah. it was out there. Well, no, I had concealed the arrest for for dope from yeah. my parents because that was when I was with my ex wife, mm. and uh, you know, I and, and in this time they they put me in uh, diversion twice. Yeah, they sent me to IOP. I'm shooting up in the parking lot beforehand. I was using dog piss to pass the the urine urine analysis tests. <laughs> Um So I you know I pass every. Dude, how do you? <laughs> Dude, I don't even want to imagine like the the how you collected that okay, pee. This, bro. this is this is not. I, I imagine if you're listening to the podcast, you got a little you 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 understand what sobriety means. But my parents had two had had these Yorkies, and they'd pee on the same pot every day. I took them out, so you just go and put a little Dixie cup under their uh, thing. And imported a shampoo bottle. It's the same proteins. I looked it up. I've, had, I've passed hundreds. With dog of, pee. Yeah. All right. I, I was on diversion. For, I don't think for I've ever heard that. Diversion and <laughs> IOP for two and a half years. Never failed a piss test. Incredible. Problem is diversion. After you come to your your finale, they hair test you. Oh, yeah. And I fail both times for, you know, daily opiate usage. What if it like, just show up
0: completely like shaved your whole body?
1: They can they can mouth swab, they can take yeah. skin cells. The problem is they cost no way eyebrows. More and they're yes yeah, <laughs> is just, just bald. We're gonna have to take your pubes. And no, you're not <laughs> uh, uh, Brazilian wax uh-huh, shorn. <laughs> but so you know I, I had been dodging all this stuff and you know I, I failed out of diversion twice. So I've got the felony pending with time. And uh, they sent me a court date right before I got this job or when I was having an interview for this job. And I went to the interview instead of the court date. So um, I ended up getting this job because my sister pushed my paperwork through. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm working here and, and it's great. It's IT. I can go in there and clock in in the morning at 8.15. I know 9.30 when my boy wakes up. I can jet out of work, go pick up and come right back before anybody notices. So I'm working there about three months and I leave work to go to my boy And like I said, I totaled five cars. So the vehicle I'm in now, I was riding to his house and had an expired temp tag. I got pulled over. Uh, I got arrested for a missed court date for the charges. Mm. So I call work and I'm out of lies. So I tell them what happened. And apparently missing, you know, getting arrested while you're on the clock at your dope man's house is not a viable (laughs) reason to miss work. So they fired me on the spot. But I mean, you were honest. That's weird. Yeah, well, because I, I had, I had like, what lie am I gonna tell? Because they, they can look and see that I got arrested. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like they're, they're huge in Louisiana. Yeah, they're, you know what I mean. They, uh, they, yes, they're they're very powerful. Yeah, and that was that was the issue. So I told them I was like, look, you know, I left work. I'm I'm getting arrested right now. I had a miss court date. You know, what are you doing off work? Ah, you know what I mean. I, I just left to go grab something to eat. So there was a little yeah. bit of a lot. I mean, you're the reason why like all the IT jobs get shipped to India. Hundred percent, hundred percent. A because I'm shit at my job, and B because I'm a dope fiend. You know what I mean, or vice versa. You know. Yeah. So um, I remember I I call my mom, and luckily she's in Metairie, so she comes to talk to the cop. And uh, you know, cop doesn't give a shit. He's like, cool. So I ended up getting arrested in front of my mom and my year and a half year old niece that my mom was in Metairie to to pick up. So and and my niece was the only the only children we had in the family at the time. So it was hard to get arrested in front of her. Yeah. You know. And uh, the company had told me I had a laptop for them, and they're like, look, we need the laptop back in three days, or we have to press charges. Not because you're an idiot, but just that's company policy. So I, you know, I'm I'm in jail, and I tell my mom, hey, you know, this company needs their laptop back. It's in pawn. Oh, of course, it's in pawn. If I <laughs> pawned it the day I got it. You oh, know what God. I mean? For like fifty, sixty bucks. I don't give a shit. It's like a like a two thousand dollar laptop. And what were you using? Just like the old desktop at home? Uh, or like no, it's still. So I'll get to that. <laughs> Um. So, you know, I'm in jail. I got, a, I got my arraignment in two days, and I'm detoxing horribly because right now I'm, I'm coming off a 10-year Ivy bender. Oh, wow. And uh, my mom goes to the pawn shop, and Higher Power reached in, and instead of asking for the laptop, she asked for everything in my name. And uh, they brought out boxes, uh, about like five full-size boxes that I had stolen from this company. Wow. Laptops, iPads, iPad minis, recording equipment, like you name it, if it was electronic and I could get 50 bucks for it, it was there. Shit. So um, all in all, from their dime, it was about 35 grand. Yeah. Uh, what I got for it, I might have got like 1,600 bucks. That's insane. That, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's terrible. So, uh, my, how, how long did you work with them? Three months god damn three months in three months three months that's insane mm-hmm. and um so my mom goes and drops everything off at the company that day on a on a thursday afternoon wow. i think that's gotta be man so friday Not to mor- make you feel bad about it but that no, had to just, be hard just, for her just wait just wait okay it's so out. friday morning my sister gets called into the office yeah and they're like all this stuff is here none of it is registered to us because dele- I'm, I'm in charge of the IT department. I, I deleted it all from the computers, except for a laptop that's in your brother's name. Can you explain this? And she had nothing to say. So they reran my background and saw that I had a felony that my sister didn't disclose mm. to get me hired. Damn. So my sister, her boss, and her boss's boss all got fired. And this is my sister's dream job. She had been working there for a couple years, and she was set for life if she stayed. She's working in Benson Tower, you know what I mean, high up uptown or downtown, yeah. and, and and she lost her job because of that. Wow. So, um, I and and I find all this out. I've got court in two hours. So I go in front of the judge, and you know I'm manipulative little shit. So I'm gonna run my mouth and talk to the judge and get out and tell him I'm going to rehab because obviously, you know, that's the only way I can get out of jail. And uh the the company just paid me my last paycheck because they're good like that. Since they fired me, they gotta pay me immediately. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna kill myself. I I paycheck just got cashed. I'm gonna get enough, you know, dope to to go out. Keep in mind I'm living at my parents' house at the time. You know, I just need you to let me out of jail so that I can kill myself successfully. So I go in front of the judge and run my mouth with the whole uh you know uh, things are going to be different. I just need you to let me out. I'm going to go to rehab on Monday. I'm going to get my affairs in order. I'm going to tell work what's going on. Keep in mind, I just got fired. So um, the judge saw this as a cry for help or higher power intervened or he just wanted to call me on my bullshit and decided to keep me in jail until they could find me a bed at a rehab. Yeah. I found out later that if I just shut my mouth and let them go through with the process rather than try to manipulate and control, they'd have let me out. They were going to rearrange me and, and let me out that day. Hmm. So if if I hadn't tried to control events, I'd have been able to kill myself like I wanted to. Wow. And uh it, it, it was deep. Like it, he's, you know, like that's a
0: judge who sees people like you and me every single day. Every day. day. He, he's just, he can read, read. he probably just read you and was like, nah. Like a book. Yeah, he knew you
1: were going to like fuck off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or or he just, you know what? Fuck this dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm sweating. I'm, sweat. I'm like, this detoxing. Guy's come I'm in greasy. Here, like, I'm trying not to shit myself in court. <laughs> and the judge is like bring his ass back, (laughs) let him go shit himself outside my court. And, and you know, the, the reality was like, that was, that was my higher power coming through. Yeah. That was, you know, in, in my rock bottom, my higher power has showed up more than I'm aware of than ever in my previous life because they were events that I didn't have control over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, and those realizations, like, in hindsight, you just keep having them? That, that it, it fuels my sobriety. Yeah. It's it's who I base who I am now on is the fact that there's something going on that when I let go, things seem to go better for me. They might not go my way, but even the tragedies influence me to be a stronger person, you know. But, yeah. So I'm sitting in jail. I'm detoxing my ass off. And uh, I come to a realization that, you know. This is rock bottom. And it's not, I'm sitting in jail detoxing. I just, my sister just lost her job. The, the rock bottom was the fact that I'm living with my parents right now and I was gonna kill myself in their house. Uh, they go to bed at nine, at 10 o'clock, I was gonna go out and make sure they didn't find me until 8 a.m. when they woke up in the morning. I no longer cared if my parents found their only son dead in their house from an overdose. Mm. The, the people who have stuck their neck out me for, for everything and that was that was my grasping point. People will say that it's you know, it's easy to forget your rock bottom. But when I look at it like that, I will never forget that moment. Yeah. The fact that I, I had complete it, it wasn't me distraught and broken. It was the fact that I had turned myself into a complete sociopath voluntarily. Hmm. You know? So um, a week goes by, they don't let me out. I'm still detoxing. The sister that I got fired from her dream job. Drove out to a courthouse in in uh, Plaquemines Parish, and then to the rehab, and then to the judge at seven thirty in the morning because she didn't have a job, so she didn't have anything to do. Yeah, to bring them paperwork to get me out of jail. Wow. So you know, it, it's like the the gifts are real. The higher power exists. I can't define it. I don't know what it is, but like when I look at my rock bottom. It's not only like the most destitute and and awful thing I could have experienced, but it was like the saving grace that was presented to me and the ability to like do something for the first time in my life. And then, you know, from then on out, they they, they shipped me to rehab. Wow. And then, and then. And yeah, then, and then, it, man, what a saint your sister must be! Oh my God, and,
0: and, and I love It doesn't her stop just there. Hearing the story, I'm like, oh God, she's like, she's
1: the most beautiful woman
0: wow. in the world. All right, well, we'll take a break right there, and then we'll be right back. All right. All right. Uh, back from break. Uh, we smoked. What we smoke? Marijuana. Wood tip
1: wine. Black and mild, baby. <laughs> wood tip. The wood tip's kind of fancy, bro. Dude, I'm, I'm classy, bro. <laughs> I'll spend the extra Those things are cents. sweet, though. <laughs> I like them, bro. Anybody who knows me in this program knows me by that. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's your thing, bro. Uh-huh. It's your thing. All right. So, um, All right. Um. All right. So you're where are you at right now? So you're. So I'm. I'm in jail, and uh-huh. they decide that they hold me until I can find a bed. So my sister comes over there at 7:30 in the morning after running around for almost two hours to bring paperwork in, saying that I got a bed because my lawyer hasn't shown up for court. The same lawyer I've had the whole time, and I haven't paid her, so oh, it's like, completely it. understandable. Yeah. that she didn't show up. <laughs> Um, just so everybody knows she was paid. Um, thank you, mom and dad, for that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It so I remember uh I I I had been in jail for ten days. Uh, I didn't sleep for I, I didn't eat for eight and I didn't sleep for nine. It was a bunk. It was twelve bunks and they were full the whole time. So I'm with twenty three other dudes josted out, you know, and on the hundred and fifty five pounds soaking wet white kid yeah and, and you know what i mean it's jefferson parish so it was you know these people these people are in there for six months to a year waiting on a court date and i'm coming through trying to get mommy and daddy to bail me out yeah you know but I, they couldn't make bail because uh you know it wasn't until i got a bed. so i remember uh you know i was i didn't get meds the whole time i was in there the last day they gave me some gabapentin and stuff and i ended up giving that to a dude who I'd given all my food to. He gave me like a uh, like a grape jolly rancher, like uh, on my second or third day, and I was so grateful to have a great like who wants grape jolly ranchers? But I remember uh, I mean that's this currency in jail, man. Yeah. So
0: um So he got you to like give him all
1: all your food. because well, you weren't well, eating. I wasn't eating, yeah. You know what I mean? So and you know, he was I mean you could argue you still shouldn't have gave it to oh, him. Oh no, 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 I didn't know the <laughs> rules. You know, I've been I've been I've been to jail a couple times, but yeah. you know what I mean? Not not long enough of a stay to become acquainted with the etiquette. Yeah. Yeah, and,
0: and you knew you were on your
1: way out. So. Um, okay, I, I thought, I, you know, I went, in on, uh, I went in on Wednesday. Friday, I got a rain. I was expecting to be out on Monday, and then I was expected to be out on Wednesday. And then it turns out that my lawyer, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she, said, she hadn't gotten paid, so she didn't turn in any of the paperwork. And that's when my sister ran up at, you know, 730 in the morning on Friday to get me out. So this is oh. about a 10-day stretch of me, like, hard detox. I remember I shit my onesie. You know what I mean? I'm washing out in the sink, and everybody's yelling at me because I'm using the fucking hand sink. God, you know what I mean? I'm pretty—I—I sure, I, I don't <laughs> quite remember, but I'm pretty sure people were drinking out of that sink. Oh man, you know what I mean? Damn. And there's two toilets. There's a pisser and a shitter, and somebody's shitting already, so I shit in the pisser. Oh, and like, you know, what I mean? there's a, yeah, there, there's things that you do not do. Yeah, you know. So I
0: remember like being in 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 like the holding cell uh, overnight when I got my DUI, and I was terrified that i was gonna have to shit in there
1: yes you, know, open yeah, you don't head. you don't poop in holding. <laughs> and holding and yeah. and you know like I'm, that
0: was my biggest concern over everything was like i'm gonna
1: have to shit in here like that's how i <laughs> so i'm i'm in there for a while and i remember like i'm i'm <laughs> detoxing so it, you know the male detox everything kind of crimps up it shrivels a uh, little bit and I was like, damn! I don't want to shower in front of all these dudes uh, with a tiny penis. <laughs> Nobody should be looking at it, but like, they're—you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's jail. Everybody wants to, you know, yeah. see what you're working with, so they can judge you by it. Like, oh, this dude got a big dick. All right, cool. He's all right. Uh, this kid does not. So you know, but um, <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up getting picked up by a. a, a can, can I mention the rehab? Um, no, I so I ended up getting picked up by a rehab yeah. and. uh. I mean, I, you know what? Like, I don't know. Be honest with you, I should probably know more about what's right or what's sorry. wrong. Absolutely. But, yeah,
0: usually I'm like, if yeah. somebody says that, I don't trip. But like,
1: right, right. So you know. um, I ended up getting picked up from jail on a Friday at, like, 3 in the afternoon and brought to this rehab. And uh, it, was, it was a very nice rehab. I remember I'm in jail, and I, I told I told one of my friends in there that I had made, because he gave me a great Jolly Rancher, <laughs> that, uh, that I'm going to this rehab. And he was like, oh, man, you're going to the land of milk and honey. <laughs> like you know what I mean it doesn't get any better than that in Louisiana unless you're going to like passages Malibu like yeah. that's that's as good as it gets so I'm like, all right cool i'm I'm set so I remember I got out uh, I had just started eating I had slept the night before for the first time and uh I was sober and this is the first time that I had been sober in I want to say 15 years but at least 10. Where it was either loaded or detoxing, which I still consider part of the, the loading. Yeah. you know what I mean? Cause I'm fiending, so I'm going to go for it. So I remember I, I got into rehab and it was just, it was beautiful. All these people are bitching about how they're in rehab and stuff like that. And I was like, y'all, this is like, like, I don't know what y'all are complaining about. This is amazing. They, you know, they, they let us outside, <laughs> like I haven't <laughs> seen outside yeah. in like 10 days. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm sober, and, and I remember I, I, I not only, like, all my bits and pieces started working again, but, like, the ego came back. Mm. And I had been so successful at drowning out the voice of ego, not necessarily the urge and need of ego, but that voice telling me that, like, you know what I mean? You should do some shit. Like, you're somebody. These people need to respect you. Yeah. And it it came back, like, getting hit by a tidal wave. And, and I just remember... uh. I'm in rehab and I'm desperate and I'm broken. And all these people are telling me things and I don't want to listen to any of them because once again, I know best Yeah, I'm in charge of my facilities and stuff like that. So, you know, I am sitting in these groups and I'm doing the work because I'm a manipulator by trade. And I realized that once I get into rehab, the only way I can manipulate these people is by going through the process. Yeah. They, they deal with drug. You know, I'd learned my lesson with the judge. You know, <laughs> if, if you try to bullshit a bullshitter, you're gonna get shit on. So, I uh, I I start doing all all this work, the step pamphlets, and like the groups where you're talking about your feelings and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, this this is, this isn't bad. Yeah. If anything, this is great. I don't have any responsibilities here other than making it to group on time and putting pen to paper first. It's you really know. chill. Treatment dude. is kind of chill. Dude, dude. I mean, um, I went to a big like
0: all men's treatment. It was like a low bottom ish, I guess.
1: Uh, it's still better than most though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then. Like, I remember getting out and going, man, I miss it. Because it was so, like, all the responsibility. Like Because when you get out, it's like, boom, life, you know, work, responsibilities. Yeah, and they still suck. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: You're, you're in there, and you're like, fuck, I'm ready to take life by the horn. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to ride the bull. And then you get out, and you're like, oh, oh shit. no, I made a mistake. Y'all yeah. still, I'll go use <laughs> if that means I can come back. Yeah. But, like, so the, the ego's in full force. And you know anyone who's been to rehab knows the relationships you form early in recovery are like they're the most intense things you've ever felt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like I, I, they're just like the first time you're
0: actually having meaningful connections. Dude,
1: it's it's love. A long time. You know what I mean? Male, female. There's no there's no like sexual reciprocity. There is that the right word? But like it's it's genuine love like i know this person and they know me and we're both about the right thing right now yeah so you know i i made a best friend in there and and we were boys and uh but i told you ego started to creep in like ego started to become like a violent member of my thoughts to the point where like i needed to show off i needed to look cool it was a co-ed uh uh rehab which was you know uh, to my detriment in the beginning, but an asset in the end, you know, yeah. it, it's personal, yeah. personal recovery, but that's, that's what it was. So I remember I was trying to look cool. Uh, we went to Walmart like my, my second week there and uh, you know, I'm working steps, I'm doing all these things. And me and my roommate who was my best friend got about $300 in the buggy that we, because we're cooking for everybody. We're eating real well. Like this is the first time I've enjoyed food in probably my entire life i haven't had real food in 10 years and um uh, so we got like 300 in a buggy and i decide like oh shit i remember how high i used to get whenever i stole things i remember that adrenaline rush and mm. I like i haven't felt adrenaline i felt i felt ease and peace and and, per, and pink cloud yeah so i put like three taco seasoning packets in my pocket <laughs> and i got caught red-handed because like how much the, is a taco seasoning dude, 69 cents that's so crazy 69 cents so for what's that like a, a two 220 after tax yeah you know what i mean but i got the rush yeah and then as i'm putting it in my pocket i feel a tap on my back on my shoulder and they're like uh the fuck are you doing oh nothing i was i was gonna pay for these separately uh. Really? <laughs> uh, go go check out and come to the bus. So you know. So like the, some of the workers there. No no no, the resident man at, at the rehab. Oh. I didn't get caught yeah, by yeah. Walmart. Well, what I'm saying. Like one of the yeah, workers yeah, yeah. from the treatment center. Yeah. yeah. So um, they pull me in the office and they asked me what my plan was, and I remember sitting there with nothing to go on, and all of a sudden this thought clicked in my head that like you can't manipulate these people your way. Yeah. But you can manipulate them their way with the truth. Yeah. With blatant honesty, that's the only way you can get out of this. That's master manipulation. Dude, I told you. It's it's yeah. what I based myself like. on my whole <laughs> life, bro. And it yeah. just like the, these these little spot realizations, this and and honestly, it's higher power. You can't yeah. appreciate it until you get sober. But this the thing is also it's like I think, and I've learned this in sobriety that
0: like the truth. Always in the long run is better for
1: me. You gonna get away with it. You know what I mean? You might you might you might pay for it in the moment, yeah, or you might pay for it long term, but, but it's in always the end, better. You're gonna get away with it. Yeah. And not like like on all
0: like definitely on a principle manner, but like still like like selfishly. Like 100%. you can get your way by being
1: honest. Like and, that's like <laughs> and and you don't know the ego hit when you you take when you define yourself as a master manipulator and realize like oh i've been doing this wrong the Uh. whole time (laughs) like and it's i'm in the office thinking that so like i gave him some bullshit and they're like okay write a paper like all right so then not too i hadn't even made it down the hall and i turned around and came back and i was like look i was gonna steal it like i was looking for some type of adrenaline rush i don't know and they looked me in the eyes and they're like we're glad you came back because we're gonna kick you out you know, what I mean, they can't kick me out in the office because they got to do paperwork and stuff like that. But they're gonna kick me out yeah. for, for for fucking theft, Man. obviously. You know, and like I said, that that little higher power voice of like the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. You know, my definition of freedom has changed drastically. Yeah. But in that moment, it was freedom was like I need to get out of this the quickest way possible. Yeah, and it it worked, and that's when I realized like I can run this fucking place if I'm honest, if I'm a star pupil, <laughs> yeah. like they will give me anything that I want. And it's like I said, it, it's hard to get out of that whole idea of like who you define yourself as mm-hmm. the program gives you the tools to slowly open the door to, a, to a new, new way of life, you know, and, and my door opened very slowly, yeah. but it constantly opened. Cause I kept pushing.
0: Yeah. But even in that moment, like your, your character defect took like a, like a solid principle and applied it to you and it benefited not only like your immediate but like it started probably healing your soul like you know what i mean like starting to actually be honest like and and look people in the eyes and like having that like relief from it is like beautiful yeah there
1: there there are few things in life that are more beautiful than realizing like i've done this wrong i've done it in the wrong way Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like my way hasn't worked up to this point and it's not like i'm broken let me try something new but it's i you know evidence to the fact that like dude you like you've got life completely backwards literally backwards yeah you know so um you know i uh i i end up i don't even think i wrote a paper because i came clean they just gave me they gave me a break on it so like two weeks later some uh anabolic steroids Came through rehab, <laughs> That's right. dude. Mind. Dude, just wait; it's not over. <laughs> and uh, and you know, in the back of my mind, and I, I I say this as a joke now, but this is really what I was thinking: like the inside is broken, so the outside has to look good. Yeah, I don't know how
0: long we've been going. That's but all right. I I just started it.
1: Perfect. We'll we'll say ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I you know I start doing steroids, and I'm working out every day in rehab, and I'm blowing up because we're doing a lot of steroids. We got nothing to do. I'm working out all every time we're not in group. I'm in, you know, I mean, I've got like five or ten pound weights. I worked at
0: that treatment center, and like, (sighs) I would, um, I would see like through the cameras and you always like you knew when there was like a new young guy <laughs> There was like a new young guy because he was out there
1: like doing push-ups in the yard Dude, you got you got <laughs> and, like,
0: five trying pound, to flex for the girls five and shit. pound
1: dumbbells <laughs> doing like 200 set reps you know 200 rep sets and stuff like that yeah and they call me in the office and, and keep in mind at this point in time i'm not fixed i am still as broken ego as i can imagine okay
0: we're 15 minutes in
1: okay perfect yeah so, um, so I remember the, the, the head counselor calls me in the office and she was like, Chez, I, you know, have you been doing steroids? And I flexed on her. I, I, I made a bicep and I just told her, I was like, I look good though. Right. Ah. And because once again, like, you know, the, the truth is the only way I can get what I want.
0: Yes. But you, 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 threw in some, like some, some comedy quick, quick wit. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: I, I define myself. Which probably, my, eh.
0: I mean, I would say that would have backfired like trying to make make light of it
1: but i'm so fully ego that i don't care Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty much like you know i'm coming at you with the truth and you can't do anything about it yeah you know what i mean Uh, when in reality they can do whatever they can kick (laughs) me out you know what i mean but but i don't care because my ego is so padded that like you could you could shoot at me and you're gonna miss Mm. you know and you know And then after that, they, they asked me like, who's bringing them in? And at first, you know, I'm, I'm, I got a hood rat mentality that I've developed, you know, not from upbringing, but just from me. So, not from know, them streets. No, not from them streets. I mean, you know, I'm I'm from I'm from the proper streets. Where like, if you see me driving my golf cart on rims down the street, like I'm 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 thugging.
0: There ain't no ain't, ain't no potholes there. No,
1: no, no <laughs> hell no. This fresh asphalt. They lay it every year and a half, bro. This is uh-uh. I pay way too many. My parents pay way too yeah, many dues. Correct, that, That's it. Huh? So, but um, so you know, I didn't want to rat anybody out, but I realized that you know, and somebody had said that, that you don't live on the streets anymore. So I came clean and I was like, look, I got them from such and such. And in reality they knew, and I knew they knew, I just didn't want to be a rat. Yeah. You know, but I, I came clean. And because of that, once again, you know, I'm, I'm out the pot, you know, I'm no longer sitting in boiling water. You know, I, you know, I didn't feel like working out anymore after the steroids (laughs) were off. That's for (laughs) fucking sure. But, you know, and then, you know, girl, boy, I, uh, me and a girl kind of hooked up in the bus on the way back from a meeting. And it was, uh, I mean, we weren't trying to hide anything, and it was it was pretty intense to be seen. And a, a, a fellow uh, patient turned around and saw it and screamed and went and told the RM. So we got called in, and uh, she didn't come clean. I, like I said, I developed this already. I know how to get my way, so I was completely honest with them. So she got in trouble, and I didn't, which is crazy. Yeah. But I found out that. So let me ask you this: Did they kick the steroid guy out? Um. Yes. You just bodying people. Dude, dude, just, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 hey, bro, just, <laughs> I'm walk, I'm walking <laughs> over, I'm walking over dead bodies with <laughs> with a two by four. Of truth. I'm not even getting my shoes dirty anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, this girl got in trouble and had to write a paper and stuff, and she was a sex addict, and I yeah. knew that, and I kind of played on it and stuff. But they they kind of let me get away with it because I was truthful about it. Well, I found out that the girl that turned around and saw it had been um, intensely sexual assaulted multiple times in her life, and it scarred her wow. to see that. And that was a realization for me because I'm very uh, uh, introspective. In the way like how i uh affect people i i i try to read people you know face wise and also you know spiritually and emotionally and i've done it it's you know how i manipulated for so long but i realized how much of an impact my little dalliance or whatever it is can affect somebody else because i'm not giving any any thought to anyone but myself so you know i i had started to build up this little this 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 little pool of principles that, uh, that I wanted to live by. And I remember there was one night in rehab, I was about to graduate to the second phase and it was a hurricane that didn't come through but everything was shut down. And it was me and a bunch of my rehab friends playing games in the workout room at this rehab. And And I remember in that moment thinking, this is the greatest night of my life. I'm having more fun right now. I've never laughed so hard in my life up to that point that if I could have that much fun in rehab sober, what have I been missing for wow. the past 31 years? Yeah. You know, I, I have not taken the time to live in the moment until honestly this moment. And it has to do with all the things that I did up to that point, negative and in, and in sobriety, that made me realize that, you know, I'm, I'm living life backwards. I'm doing things wrong and I'm not appreciating the moments, which is... Which is what fueled me for so long. Because if it wasn't what what I could, what I can get next or what I did yesterday that fueled me, you know, I didn't have anything. I was broken. Yeah. So I, I started I started putting together a little idea of who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And then, um, you know, first weekend I got a sponsor somebody gifted him to me. I was not the dude that, you know what I mean? Power is my ideal. Yeah. So I'm not going to go ask somebody and give them any power, All the leverage, which, which is crazy because <laughs> now sponsoring dudes, there is nothing that fulfills me more than some broken person coming up to me and saying, I don't know what to do next. Huh. Well, let me get your number, bro. Yeah. You know, let I, me I, get I, your number. Let me, <laughs> that, that, yeah. That, that, no, let me get your number and yeah. I'll text you in the morning. We'll see. For sure. So, but, but I got a sponsor and I started working all these steps and, you know, it, it, was, it was the idea that like the steps gave me the tools to appreciate what everyday life brought me that allowed me to grow. Yeah. You know, because the steps in themselves are literally just 12 assignments that you try to live by every day. And the more that my pool of principles built up, the more that I realized that every one of these steps can be evolved in every one of my decisions. You know, it's, uh, it, it, was, it was beautiful you know, I, I I do not live life right by any means. So, um, but the, the, the steps allow me to like look at it and take an honest view of myself, which is not something that I ever did before. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, that it's, it was rehab was great. I was supposed to be there for 30 days, uh, pretty much court ordered yeah you know then i stayed for 60 days because some of my friends were staying (laughs) and then at the 90 day mark uh they told me that i didn't have to stay anymore and it's it's like we were talking about outside like these were my people these are my friends i i can't imagine a life without them and fuck responsibilities yeah you know what i mean you know i had a little jobby job and stuff in rehab but you know when i when i cut out I'll go back to the re- I was friends with all the RMs now. Mm. You know what I mean? They they knew me as Old El Paso cuz I stole the taco seasoning packets, oh. <laughs> in, you know, 5 months before. Like OP. these yeah, dude. Like these <laughs> these people knew me. Uh yeah, Eric was the one who told me he was going to kick me out for stealing too. And uh keep going. Yeah, that's it's so I I did a whole 180 days and I remember that uh thank you. I remember that on like 172 or three days in they sold it and they told us that we had eight days to find a new place because i was in sober living at the facility at the time and uh and i didn't know what to do i didn't want to move back in with my parents because it it just it never it never worked well for me they you know I, i did my own laundry i cooked my own food but but mom starts doing that for you again and i'm i'm 31 years old at the time i'm gonna fall back into it yeah you know and it's not how i wanted to live my life so um I was gonna move in with a friend. Thank God I didn't. Because he was he was yeah. still broken. Dude, yeah, dude, that like decision I see that you see that all
0: the time. So like, much. Moving in with somebody. And like like you said, like the relationships you form with the people you come up with, like incredible. Like I'm to this day some of my best friends I made in my my, my run and treatment. Like to this day, like my, my two top, like my homies yeah. was in, I was in treatment with them. And, but then like there were other ones that I was also close with, you know, we were running to meetings and doing everything. And then, you know, slowly a lot of them just kind of fell off. It's unfortunate. And you see a lot of people like, oh, I'm gonna move in with such and such. Like sponsors come to me and i would be like, well, time out, bro, let's think about this. You know, it's like, don't jump, don't jump the gun too quick. And then I wound up living with Mike for like four
1: years that's probably the best move you could have made oh bro so solid but but but
0: i also did the thing where like you know i made a commitment because my my sister was offering for me to move in with her my mom you know well my mom wasn't living here but my sister was like you can move in with me and and i and i just i guess i heard you know something similar to that it's like i don't want to go over there and start depending on her because i'll just go fall right back into that bullshit so quick you know uh so i went to ox like a oxford type house that the treatment center owned and then and then like the situation with mike happened and i mean that was just you know that was an amazing like like thing that happened for me like being with somebody who was like serious about recovery i was serious about recovery we weren't like you know like we we each had our own program you know we weren't you know what i'm saying it wasn't like anything codependent you know right right and uh yeah that was I was lucky that I wound up with him because it could have gone either way. I was trying to move in with two other
1: guys who relapsed and, yeah. That's how it happens. <laughs> well, it, and it, it's funny you say that because the, the best friend that I had had in, like, my bro, the, the dude that, you know what I mean? We're going into business together <laughs> when we got out of this place. Like, we're going to live like— <laughs> it's the like, best place like, to find a business you know, partner. Dude, dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we are not gay, but we will get married and be life partners forever. Yeah. Like, I love you he ended up leaving and within like a month and i'm still in you know i was at like three months when i found out but he moved back to his hometown and um you know about a month later overdosed and died wow and uh, it it hit it hit hard because you you see these people who are fire you know now i know you got to give it about six months to see if somebody <laughs> yeah. keeps the fire yeah. keeps the flame but um you know you you lose people and, and it's so hard to to like you said, judge somebody's program because you never know. Yeah. But it's hard to give people the benefit of the doubt constantly whenever you see, you know, just the streets yeah. and how it works. Yeah, that's why those like sober living houses are so nice, dude. I I I am a huge proponent proponent of all sober living. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, I did six months, and the only reason I left, I might still be there, <laughs> coming up on three years. Yeah. If uh, if they allowed me to, but um, so I I. Other than, you know, my bro, I made a best friend in rehab, a uh, girl. Um, it was not that, you know, we, we both had our rehab relationships elsewhere, but after we had worked the steps uh, completely and um, I mean, that was it. After we'd worked the steps completely, we both realized that like, not only were we best friends, but like we were in love mm. and it was beautiful. Cause it was the first relationship I had ever had any intimacy without any sex yeah. Any physical, you know what I mean? And, and it was, it was amazing. I, I, I can't put a finger on it now uh, when it blossomed into that, but she was my road dog yeah. from the get, you know, and, and we both worked the steps and we had stayed in rehab together. get, I, honestly, I stayed because of her. Cause my other friend, my other, my boy left, Yeah. you know, and, and we stayed, we finished the steps and then we lived in sober living right next to each other for about three months. And then they, they closed it down. And, you know, I'm not moving to my parents' house. I'm not moving in with my boy who's in rehab, but loaded right now, you know? And we had been dating for a couple months. So she was like, we should, we should move in together. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like an awful idea. Let me talk to my sponsor. So I talked to my sponsor and he said, that is a terrible idea. Yeah. Don't do it. So the next day we signed a lease. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and- Cause that know, is like, that's like, that's right, like even that's like, like works. I mean, I imagine like even, <laughs>
0: I don't know what your advice would be having had the experience, but like, I'm, I always say it's, I think it's a bad idea. And if it, you know, give it some time or something, you know, and finish the steps. Yeah. But if, but if like, I mean, I've seen, there's a lot of relationships in the 12 steps that are not a lot, but there, there are some that you look at and they, and you're like, oh, they got together when they first got sober and they're still together years and it's a very strong thing but it's always
1: they each have th- their recovery doesn't depend on the other exactly and yeah. that's you know just just like you and mike yeah. like when we when we got together we hit some of the same meetings and stuff but at the same point in time like in our relationship today my program comes before her uh, but it's easy because we work program Separately, so that we can work one together. Yeah, you know. So um we decided to get a place, and of course, I don't tell my sponsor because he's, you know, what I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be real mad. <laughs> so like two weeks later, he calls me and he's like, "Yo, did you and your girl move in together?" And I was like, yeah, "We were we were looking at places." You know what I mean? It's it's. He's like, "Cause I just heard from her sponsor, who he's best friends with with her husband that that y'all moved in together." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we yeah we moved in together." About two months ago, and you know the or two weeks ago, and the same thing I tell my sponsors, he told me he was like, "Look, dude, I'll never judge you for a bad decision, but if you don't talk to me, we can't deal with it together. Yeah, and you know it it cemented my bond with him. I mean, he gave me some shit. Don't worry about that. You, you know him. You know he gave me some shit. but uh it you know it, it cemented my bond with him, and it also made me realize how uh tumultuous of a situation I had placed myself in because i i'm putting my sobriety dependent on someone else because of the relationship that we're in mm-hmm. you know luckily we we work strong programs separately you know but if one of us falters the other one's getting dragged down or if they don't get dragged down they need to make a life altering decision yeah. and that's it's a terrible situation to be put in and it's even worse to put someone else in yeah for sure you know and, and it's you know it's it's been a rock for me to know that, you know, I have someone in the program who understands how it works, depending on me to work a program, which allows me to put my program above her. Yeah. Or, or should I say, I put my program above our relationship Yeah, and she does the same because she's my number one, you know, through and through. But wow. at the same point in time, without this, you know, you know, that saying like, I, I I don't, I don't live to do AA, I do AA to live. Yeah. And you can feel it in the relationship. Whenever uh you get lax in the program, you know that's that's a hundred percent, yeah, but um but I
0: imagine like yeah. of course, I don't have the experience of dating somebody seriously in in in, in that's who's in recovery, but like the the relationships I have had in general, like if they were open to like being honest and working on ourselves, like man, that experience bonds you deeper, I
1: find, you know absolutely, yeah to the to the point where like we've discussed therapy together not cuz we have issues yeah but just because like you know why not yeah you know that's awesome. if it if that's it like- <laughs> helps us grow like you know most yeah, people therapists would be like so what's what's the problem uh nothing like, no we just like set an hour hour aside together to come and talk about our issues with yeah. with an open third party yeah and you'd be like get out you know what i mean there's nothing i can like, do yeah for you. yeah there's not like you don't need to do anything just sit there and charge us yeah. we'll we'll take care of everything yeah. babe. you've done a 10th step today babe yeah like, maybe you should yeah and the, you know what I and and there's no judgment on each other's programs too but we will we will poke and prod a little bit if we feel like the other one's lax because it's not like yo have you been in any meetings lately but you know what i mean like hey you know women's is tonight or especially it should be like you know how many sponsors you got right now Mm. just uh, i got i got one i don't know he's he's around that explains a lot (laughs) yeah go okay no i get it i get it i get it you should meditate i'll be upstairs And, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful how it's worked out because I've never had a healthy relationship before. Yeah. You know, and I, and I owe it to the program. I, I don't, I don't endorse relationships in early sobriety, but like I said, we finished the 12 steps and, you know, we're both prone to making bad decisions for a good reason. Mm. And this one worked out because it's a gamble, man. Early in sobriety, it is, it is 100% 100%, a gamble, One hundred percent, yeah. you know, but we had been together for six months. So it was kind of easy for each of us to judge, you know what I mean? we're we're both sponsoring by the time we got together we both finished steps we both have our meetings we both have a home group and service positions we you know we we're adamant about calling our sponsors not so much these days but like early on you yeah. know what i mean so but like you know it's the life that i've built in aa is is a blessing. Yeah. And you know what I mean? They, they always say it's, it's a life beyond my wildest dreams because I, I never imagined it. I never wanted it. You know, yeah. I, I, I think that's, yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like but you the, don't imagine it cause you don't think it's what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. you know, if you'd have told me this five years ago, I'd be like, that sounds awful. No, I want to be no balling out of control. <laughs> I want that yacht that Andy's friend. Yeah. had. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to live my best life 24 seven, but you know, it, it comes full circle, and uh, I talked to a sponsee about this. Uh, I think earlier today was the idea of like um, the amends process to the people. I'm well aware of what I did materially, but I only have an a, like a, a fleeting image of how I wrecked them emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Hmm. And you can't fix that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I can. I, you can't make that right. You can make it up to them but you know if i steal a couple grand i can turn in a couple grand with interest and you know what i mean we're we're even yeah but the only way i have found to be able to deal with that like just the hurt and pain that i've caused is sponsorship and the program and it gives me an outlet to not feel like a bag of shit whenever i get weighed down by you know the discrepancies of my past mm-hmm. because i i don't want to pay them any mind yeah i uh I feel like genetically, I have more dopamine and serotonin than a lot of people, because a lot of people deal with depression and stuff, and I'm always super upbeat. Yeah. Even when I'm stressed, I just pretend like there's no stress, which is not healthy, yeah. but I pretend like there's no stress. I just want to go about my day. I'll take care of it as I take care of it, you know, but whenever I get bogged down, it, I'm well aware of it, and I can't deal with that. Hmm. I, I, you know, I, Some people, whenever they get depressed, they shut down. Whenever I get depressed, I turn into the biggest asshole because I'm not happy, so what are you doing to change it yeah you know what I mean and the program has not only allowed me to realize that but given me an outlet that's not drugs or alcohol yeah to like appease that whole that that negative uh, self reflection that I have you know and that you know it it, it all boils down to you know uh, Mike shared about this the other day in the meeting is is working all the steps he was focusing on four to ten because you know 1 2 and 3 they they're in the bag once you develop a relationship with the higher power and yeah. you have an idea of of how bad off you will be if you take that first drink. Yeah. And then uh, 11 and 12 are are simple. They're well eleven's internal and 12 yeah. is just helping people, but yeah. like 4 through 10 are those introspective steps where it's like what am I not doing and how is it affecting me cuz I don't yeah. like to look at those things.
0: But in athlete and also in choosing to like work Four through ten, you're working one, two, three. Well, I, no, 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 you're to, like, right. Because right? I mean, really, like if I stop doing four through ten, maybe I'm not practicing one, two, three. Well, and it's, it's true. If four you're working four you know? through ten, and you, like we're you, just going throwing numbers out there, there's probably like some. I'll, I would imagine there's somebody out there who doesn't really know so a lot so about this.
1: you know admitting i'm powerless over alcohol in my life has become unmanageable that's why my yeah my my ease with that comes from the fact that i am aware of how i impacted the lives around me negatively mm-hmm. you know my personal situation i was destitute and i was i was broken but i had been i had been like that for a long time yeah so whenever i hit the rock bottom I didn't even want to get sober. It was just more of a, I need to get out of this so I can, you know what I mean. I'm, you know, like I said, I was going to kill myself. Yeah. But if I didn't kill myself, I was just going to get loaded, start all over yeah. again, you know. But the idea of the situation that I had placed my loved ones in will uh, make it easier for me to always be conscious. Every time I see them, I think about it, and it's mm. not like a, oh, I can't believe I've hurt these people. But nowadays, it's a what can I do to make myself feel better about this. That doesn't involve drugs and alcohol. Yeah, which is service. Yeah, you know, and then two and three is the God thing. Um, yeah, my connection with a higher power is stronger than it's ever been. I was raised Catholic. I uh, I I strayed away from that early on. I remember when I was young, I used to write in a notebook about ideas that I thought other relig- or how religion worked, and I came up with the idea of reincarnation. You know what I mean? And my dad was like, yeah, that's, that's a Buddhist philosophy. And I was like, oh, shit, well, fucking Buddhists got it right. You Catholics are crazy. <laughs> you know, and I, I've always shied away from religion. But when you, you sober up. Uh, we're at 36. All right. Well, you, you sober up. And, and like I said, I, if I can look back and see the times that my higher power played, uh, you know, uh, had a stance in my life, they all come from situations that I didn't try to control. You know, and yeah. whenever I try to control it and manipulate, like yeah. I like I do even to today, it, it separates me. So yeah. it's easy for me to get in touch with my higher power because all I got to do is look stop at myself. Stop controlling. Yes, that's like such a like real principle. It, it is. It that it's, blows it's,
0: my mind every time because it's like I always go back to controlling. I always go back to obsessing. I always go back to trying to manipulate, and then my mind just does that instinctually. And then whenever I, I realize, oh, stop doing this. I've said this on this podcast before. It almost always works. Now, it's not like necessarily what I want. Right. But it always works out for the better whenever I stop trying to, like, manipulate it selfishly and just kind of like acceptance. The, what is it? The acceptance is the key to all my problems.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and touching on that, there's, there's a Buddhist philosophy that says that if I want for nothing, I have everything I could ever want. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what gets yeah. me out of that control mindset is the fact that like my wants are not being met so i have to assert control to get them when in reality like i'm taken care of yeah you know what i mean and and it's not even material wise it's it's just the fact that like you know i do the thing so people love me yeah you know it's always looking for my whole life that's that's it yeah
0: yeah yeah that 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 idea of like there's this quote that i really love is like the um it goes um Truth awaits eyes unclouded by longing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's like my jam. But it's like, you know, as long as, and and, and I find that like whenever, if I'm nervous about like an interaction with a person, it's usually because I want something from them, whether it be respect, love, whatever. But whenever like I switch it to like, how can I love this person? how can I try to understand this person and stop wanting from them? Like it's the most amazing experience. And that's like every
1: time dude. it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. And like the, the realization and the acceptance of that is what the program has given me. Mm-hmm. Cause I've heard all these things before for the most part. Yeah. And they never weigh, I, I never, I never give them any, any headspace because they don't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what are we on? Well, so four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Um, you know, you, you make your resentment list and you talk to somebody. Six and seven is your, your, uh, your defects. You know, you make a list and you talk to somebody. Eight and nine is you make a list of your amends, you talk to somebody. And then nine is you do them. Wow. And then, you know, ten is the spot inventory. And it all boils down to, like, in this moment, what am I doing that, a neg- that negatively, or in this moment or before, what have I done or am doing that negatively affects those around me? And what can I do to change that? Yeah. You know, and, and it sounds easy on paper, but it's my character defects. Like yeah. I said, control. The, the want drug yeah. is the most intense thing I feel nowadays. There's no urge to drink or, or drug, but the want yeah. is always there. And how can I get it? Yeah. And it's hard to like, in 11 is like, what, you know,
0: prayer meditation. That's... And like, without that... Like I'm, I have a very hard time doing ten. Yes, you know, because like, I and not just like doing like nightly inventories, which is like definitely that's a the you know huge part of it. But it's also like the meditation part, where it's like I learn to recognize that while I'm, you know, while I'm sitting, right, and like anxiety, fear, of shit, I start to recognize the way that feels better because I'm acute. I start becoming acutely aware of it, and then like throughout the day. I don't have to necessarily know that I'm being selfish or self-centered, but I can feel it. Yes. Or I know that I'm being fearful, but I can feel it. And if I can recognize the feeling, then I can pause, you know, pray,
1: do the whole jam. And I, I it's you know, ten and eleven re- make me realize that I'm feeling it by by not no longer feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I take yeah. that three minutes to breathe. And I'm like, oh, I feel better. What was wrong three minutes ago? Oh, I was an asshole. Or then, and then then like, oh, I'm behind on my bill. And then it comes back. You're like, whoa, shit. Yeah. yeah, You know, (laughs) let me, let me take care of that in two and a half minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm going to just, I'm going to side that one for a minute. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you know, you come out of it and you're like, I know how to fix this now. Yeah. I need to fix it. Mm. And then, you know, 12 is the blessing of my life. Because 12 go, you know, sponsoring men is is the gift of this program. Sponsoring men is the reason that I no longer feel like a bag of shit. Mm. You know, the amends helped, but a lot of those were in passing. You know, they, they made material absences right. Yeah, I, The emotional and spiritual turmoil that I put these people through, like the amends are hard. The, it's, it's hard to figure out how I could, you know, make up for every night my mom sat up hoping i would made it home alive or you know my sister crying to her husband that she just lost her job because she hired her her druggie brother to give him a chance you know the only way i can do that that i can see is to pass on what i've been so freely given yeah by this program and it goes beyond that like you know you the the sponsorship involves sponsor sponsee relationships but like the relationships i have in general throughout my entire life are all based on that yeah i am eternally a sponsor and a sponsee in every relationship i have yeah that's true you That's know, awesome. It and it's <laughs> it's it it's hard to always stay like that because oh know, yeah for sure you get that phone call from a sponsee and you do not want to answer mm-hmm. it or you know what i mean there's a bill collector or your mom calls you for the third time that day and you're just like ah yeah but every time that we have that conversation there's like a, a a, a spiritual bank that gets filled mm. you know what i mean i feel better having done that and it makes me high i mean yeah. i'm a junkie i'm gonna do anything yeah. until it stops making me feel good the the only the, the only issue that i have nowadays is the program just makes me feel better and better yeah it's
0: weird it's like this like it's like with drugs you're always like you know as i say chasing the dragon yeah but with like the 12 steps it is just as good, or if not better, every time I'm riding that dragon. Every time you fucking Yeah. Dude. You're not chasing that it, you're no, bro, it. Yeah, you might uh,
1: you might be leading the dragon. Yeah, I <laughs> am the dragon, dog. Uh, get on my back. Yeah, for sure. And it's so and it all so I, I usually I usually hit this one. I was watching a movie uh probably like nine months into sobriety, and there was something that was so impactful that that hit me that it's actually like I've adopted it as my main principle. Mm. It's uh yesterday is, is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Hmm. And it like, like like a like a fucking Mike Tyson punch. It just it knocked me out. I was bawling, crying. And my fiance now, you know, pushed me and she's like, "You okay?" And I was like, "I'm having a spiritual experience right now." And she yeah. was like, "We're watching Kung Fu Panda. Uh, what are you talking <laughs> Kung about, Fu Panda. dude?" But that turtle, yeah. that turtle <laughs> dropped some knowledge on me that changed my life. Yeah, because when I live in the present and I'm aware of it, yeah, like you know, it, it's the best day of my life. Wow, you know, yeah,
0: that's some woke ass shit, bro. Like, and that's in the twelfth.
1: The that's in that's in
0: the big book, you know, where it says. Uh, we find we know we no longer have to seek for for heaven. I'm paraphrasing, but it says, and this is like in the 30s. And that's why it blows my mind. Oh. And he's like, we have it here and now, dude. Like that's like that's some sage shit, you know? And these motherfuckers were like, you know, this newly sober,
1: detoxing with no in, book in that's- their
0: thir- like in the 30s. Which I mean, you know, we tend we like to think that like they were backwards 20 years ago, but yeah. you know, but there were some like some real fuck. Like this whole 12 step thing is like. It's powerful, man. Dude, it's There's it's
1: like, the greatest gift in my life. Like I said, I, ditto. I I I live, or I I do AA to live mm. because without it, I even today I see what it means, and it's not the person I want to be.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, fuck, dude. I think that's. Is that is that where we end
1: it? Oh uh, dude I, I'm out
0: all right fucking hey bro thanks for coming dude, dude This is awesome. So much. It's an
1: honor. Man. man what a great conversation oh my dude, God. I, dude. Love I love you so dude. much dude I love you so much <laughs> all right